welcome to the Six Figure Event Podcast. Here, we're going to get real about what it takes to host a profitable event, how to actually get sponsorships, and we'll dive into the world of virtual, hybrid, and live events in an ever-changing industry. Stay tuned for our episodes Well, we have exciting interviews with sponsors and people that have mastered their own virtual and hybrid events. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's get right into it. Hey, we are back with a great new episode on why the world is crazy bored with virtual events and what you can do about that to make sure that, well, your event is not boring. So virtual events, I mean, they can be amazing. We produced, successfully produced over a hundred plus virtual events since COVID hit. I know there's a quite a few stumbling blocks to overcome, but if you fail to recognize and address these issues, you really are at risk for being lost in a sea of endless virtual options that are you know, constantly surfing through. So this is why virtual events are boring because it, the trend is new, but if we're sitting there watching Zoom for eight hours and we have no engagement, it's just boring. We're gonna have to address this. And that's what this podcast is all about today. It's an oversaturation problem you know, in many ways. It's also about a lack of connection. A lack of connection. The easiest way to break out from the crowd is to avoid disruptive tactics. These are like radically new ways to elicit the response you want from your guest while totally breaking from convention, which in some cases, I love disruption. It can be good. So here are some expert thoughts on how to stand out and engage your guests. I'm going to give you a couple of tips. This is why we've been so successful in hosting virtual events with clients like Pepsi, Porsche, Government of Canada, Upwork, just to name a few. And this is why we have to make sure that as event professionals, as entrepreneurs, small business owners, whoever is listening to this podcast, we are going to overcome this virtual event boredom. So first things first, picking your platform should still feel familiar, right? Let's start off with something super counterintuitive, right? This whole podcast is how to shake things up, but your platform of choice may not be the right place to step away from the crowd. Consider the fact that all of your potential attendees have attended events and meetings before yours, right? Do you want to make them sign up for a whole new platform and walk them through the registration and login process? The answer might be yes, and there's no right or wrong, but make sure your platform delivers greater value to them if you're asking them to jump through greater hoops and extra hoops. It's also wise to keep in mind that attendees will get more out of the event if they're already familiar with the platform. If your attendee pool is loyal to you, if they've attended many of your events in the past, it might be a great idea to pull them for their opinions. You know, show up in your Facebook group, ask them for a simple poll. This also works well for intercompany events and trainings and company-wide meetings. Try to pick a platform and stick with it. When we did our virtual event with Pepsi, we stuck with Zoom. And the reason being is that all of their internal employees were already familiar with Zoom. We didn't want to risk having 500 to 1,000 people try to figure out a brand new platform. They're still learning with Zoom, even though myself and maybe other 
entrepreneurs and small business owners have been using Zoom for quite a while, it doesn't mean that everyone else in the world has been either. So number two, become a fly on the wall. This is my biggest learning advice that you can do, even for event professionals starting out in the field, become a fly on the wall, right? Have you ever daydreamed about being a spy? Uh, I have. I that's if, if I was going to do it all over again, no, I'd still be an event professional, but I love investigative work. I love CSI. I love murder mysteries. Oh, that's a whole other topic. But creatively and artfully sneaking behind enemy lines to gather valuable intel, yep, here's your chance. And On a more serious note, right, you want to know what your closest competitors are doing. If possible, be on their mailing list. Go to one of their virtual events. Go to virtual events in general. Write down what makes sense, what was good, what was not good. You can't differentiate yourself and, you know, unless you know what they're up to. It might seem underhanded, but it isn't. The truth is one of the greatest secrets in inbound marketing is to discover what your competitors are offering and do the same thing, but better. So it's not about ripping them off. It's about improving on what they're offering and improving and standing out from the rest of the crowd. So figure out what other virtual events are doing, see what you like and what you don't like, and then do it better. Number three, step away from the whiteboard. Listen, let's talk about presentations. We all know the easiest way for most speakers to present is with analog tools like whiteboards. Your speakers, you know, they might not be able to create a PowerPoint presentation or even a slick video or any kind of graphics. But if you can stick out from the crowd, step away from the whiteboard and have better presentations, there are tools out there that can give you better presentations. You can do video, you can do animated GIFs, you can use something like Canva to make things come alive. There's also a great little golden nugget right here called Mm-hmm app, right? Mm-hmm, just the way it sounds, type that in your browser. These presentations, we've used them for many, many different Zoom conferences and virtual summits, and they work. They are in- super engaging. They are, people go, wow, we're what are you using? What are you doing? So try something outside of the box. If you are doing a presentation, make sure that it is a little bit more immersive and make sure that guests will remember the experience. We've done some video intros. We've done some, you know, music things. We, we've really extended the presentation from just sitting in your living room to being a little bit more immersive. So it, it's worth the extra time if you have the manpower to devote to it, but let's make those presentations a little bit more slick. All right, let's step to the next one. So we've already done number one, picking your platform. Number two, become a fly on the wall. Number three, step away from the whiteboard. Number four, schedule creative intermissions. In-person events have a lot of downtime. Sometimes I found that virtual event agendas are actually more jam-packed with content in sessions. You cannot translate a live event agenda to a virtual event agenda. It just doesn't work. Allow guests to interact with each other, network. It also lets people give their minds a break during information-rich events. Brain break, okay? Not even a bathroom break, but a brain break because you need to digest that information. You need to step away from your computer and your screen. If people are not using 
you know, those computer fun glasses to block out those rays. Hey, you know what? Their eyes are going to get sore. So it's easy to get lazy about these breaks when we're, you know, running virtual events, but instead consider establishing networking time or dance DJ breaks. I get more into creative intermissions and brain breaks a little bit later in the podcast, but really for every, here's a golden nugget, write it down. Every 60 to 90 minutes, include an intermission or a brain break. Your guests will thank you. Okay. Another creative way is to offer a creative break, especially if you are within a creative platform or industry, right? Comedians, poets, storytellers. Um, I've hired illustration artists or characters that can create drawings of your event. You can also reach out to your local creatives and see how you can involve them. It also gives you, you know, additional humanitarian and community outreach bonus points. Many of these creatives are maybe struggling. Who knows? Maybe you can help them. Maybe you can connect and partner with them. So, you know, the more that you can involve your community or somebody from your extended network, the better. Pre and post engagement. So again, remember, I recommend establishing an engaging, friendly, and inviting environment for your potential and registered guests before the event even begins. The way that you'll do this will depend on your brand identity. So if you have an informal way of interacting with your target audience, your pre and post event outreach can be likewise informal. There's many different ways to use your socials, right? Polls. I mean, there's TikTok now. You can use reels, social posts that ask for input, sneak peeks, behind the scenes footage. Can you profile your presenters in an engaging way leading up to the event? I'm sure you can. So remember, think about pre and post engagement. Now, during the event, in terms of engaging and encouraging your presenters to ask for audience participation, are they willing to take questions during the presentations? Q&A, can we think about polling? Can we pick up people from the virtual audience and ask questions or have pre- you know, kind of determine questions. In some different virtual event platforms, you can actually pull people to the virtual stage so they can come on audio and and video. So remember, during the event, encourage your presenters to ask for audience participation. After the event, so listen, after the event, you're going to follow up with your attendees in a creative way just beyond asking for feedback. Virtual events don't have the benefit of, you know, guest-generated selfies, but you can set up similar opportunities anyway. You can try asking guests to take and submit selfies before, during, after your event and share them on social media. Don't forget the hashtag. People love to see themselves featured, so make it clear you repost their posts and retweet, re-everything. (laughs) Re-everything. So if you're sending out any goodies or swags, to your guests before the event, even better. What an amazing photo op here. Pose with those items, the boxed items or the the bag itself and post it in in, um, your your timeline. This also creates a great buzz that people are like, oh, people are talking about this event. Maybe I should look into it. You might even consider a post-event giveaway and ask guests to share these selfies on their accounts and tag your business for entry. All right, we're coming to number five. So those are kind of like sub points. Number five, overcoming sign-up resistance. Okay, again, this could be a whole other topic, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit. Virtual event boredom even affects people getting to sign up in the first place. 
How can you overcome their boredom-fueled resistance, right? You have to get creative. Here's how you can get creative. This is why working with a team, by the way, um, can truly help you. Not only are they the pros on engagement, but they're working with a lot of clients and they know what other people are doing and they know what's working and what's falling flat. We're thinking about contests and prizes and raffles and they still happen in virtual events. Your prizes don't have to be business related, so you can seek out sponsorships in your community if they're willing to donate something. Alternately, give away company merchandise, members only behind the scenes experience, a bonus question and answer with your presenters. You can offer these things to random drawings or as a first sign up bonus for a limited amount of attendees who are willing to go early bird. But these sign up resistance kind of tips and tricks. They should go even beyond this, even those raffles, even those early bird specials, because there's new trends happening every single day. How and why people sign up for virtual events is very different than the live event experience. You need to get extra creative. And by doing this, you can actually use something I call the umbrella effect. If you haven't heard me talk about this, well, here we go. If you have, great. You just refresh your memory. So think about sign, you put it on a whiteboard, go get or grab a piece of paper, put it on a whiteboard, grab a piece of paper and write, why are people signing up for my virtual event? And you're going to type in three different points because it's educational, because it's fun, because it's whatever. Okay, so three different points. Then you're going to take that because it's educational and then you're going to continue down and say, why is it educational? Uh, because it has great speakers. Why does it have great speakers? Because these three speakers are showing up. What can they offer? Here's what they offer. What's best about it? And so you're going to continue down until you can't continue anymore. And that is a great outline of why you have your virtual event in the first place. You're thinking about it almost like your event foundation, your virtual event foundation. So remember, live event, virtual event, hybrid event, whatever your event is, you still need to understand why you're hosting the event. And that's my little exercise on how to do it. So if you are having an event, you haven't done this, I urge you go back, do it and see what other things you can come up with because it may miss some of your the actual foundation pieces that you do need. So here's a couple bonus tips. We've got two bonus tips in this long list of five points here. We're going into bonus tip number six. You're still bored with virtual events? Well, work that FOMO. I, you've heard me say it before, another great way to increase attendance is to leverage people's fear of missing out. Maybe you have insider information to share with the attendees, promote that. Let your marketing talk up some form of scarcity or something that people don't who don't attend will miss out on. This doesn't have to be information-based. It can be a fun factor. Maybe you and your industry and your brand identity will help steer you in the proper channel. So for instance, if you sign up in you know, the next 24 to 48 hours, you will get a one-to-one strategy session with myself, or you will receive our physical swag bag box delivered to your door worth $500. Maybe it's, hey, listen, we are not doing this again until next year, or this is a one-time virtual event deal, right? And it's only 50 spots. Here's the button to sign up now. So fear of missing out, work it, work it. Maybe you haven't thought of virtual event boarding before. Uh, this is my kind of final tip, but 
you know, hopefully this, this podcast hasn't scared you, right? Our goal is to inform you so that you can be proactive. These are time-tested tips and tricks. They've worked on our own events. We've worked for events that we've planned for our clients. If you're intrigued, if you're like, hmm, is my event boring? Don't, probably not, but don't hesitate to reach out and really step up the game for your next virtual event. Listen, go to Facebook, join my Six Figure Event podcast uh, community. It's called Six Figure Events and start posting ideas on how to get that boredom blasted past earth and into space because listen, we want you to rise above that plateau. We believe in you. Really, we do. So if you love this podcast, head on over to the community. Let's get to know each other. And again, I'll see you on the flip side. You are a rock star for listening to today's episode. And I want to hear from you. Head on over to Instagram, out of industry by Alicia. Give me a quick follow and then slide into my DMs. God, I hate that term, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. Slide into my DMs and let me know what was the worst virtual event that you've ever been to. I'm going to do a next episode on this. Thank you.